Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders, sharing thoughts and practical tips for growing your most valuable customers. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, founder and CEO at Momentum ABM. In this episode, we're joined by Danny Nail, Senior Director at SAP, to talk about setting up a global account-based marketing program. Danny is here in London this week to pick up his Program of the Year Award at Sirius. Congratulations, Danny, and welcome. Thank you, Alicia. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Danny, before we dive in, your history, you started off in industry marketing at SAP 10 years ago? Actually, it's 15 years ago. Wow. So I started 15 years ago, focused on um, actually general business, small business um, marketing programs, and have covered a number of different industries during that time. But most recently, I led the retail sprint team. So we focus solely on retail industry at a global level. So I had people in every region that I worked with to develop marketing programs. So I had to initially look at which industries we wanted to support and then within those industries what accounts we wanted to support because I wanted a number of accounts within each industry to enable us to serve a select group of accounts, top accounts, but at the same time I wanted to make it scalable across the organization. So the thinking was that if I could serve five or seven of the world's largest automakers, for example, then the work that we did with that would also serve other automakers around the globe and we could make that available to other companies. So Danny, a big part of the SAP strategy is about becoming customer first and driving innovation for your accounts. Why else does ABM make sense? If you think about SAP and the size of the company, we have 100,000 employees and we're a global company, so we serve customers all over the world. What we want to do is get closer to those customers because with our history, we've been, we're 35 years old, and with our history, our customers, some of them has been with us the whole 35 years. They consider us the same company as they thought of us back in the day as a 35-year-old back office finance software company. We're not that anymore. We've grown out of that. We're a cloud company now. We're innovative, and we need to show our customers that we understand where they're headed in 2030 and beyond. We need to show them that we understand what they need to do to be innovative and what we can do to help them be innovative, and that we can actually innovate with them. Danny, you raised a really interesting point there. I did see very recently that SAP were announced as Germany's largest brand and 16th B2B brand in the world. How do you connect the SAP brand and everything you stand for in a customer context? Well, we start by making sure that that brand comes through in in everything that we do. But at the same time, when we speak to our customers, especially in the ABM context, we want to speak to them in their language. While everything that we do is on brand, it also has the customer feel and touch to it so that they feel like that piece or that communication was made specifically for them. I think that's really what account-based marketing for me is all about. How do you look at your brand and make it meaningful to an individual customer? You're looking at what the interlock is between your organization and and theirs. And Danny, your global program, how many accounts are you covering? This year, we're going to cover five industries. And within those industries, there will be a total of 28 to 30 accounts. Okay. And why did you start a global program? You shifted from the retail sprint team? Well, we wanted to figure out a way to serve more customers and to do something that was scalable. 
Um, ABM, if you think about it, typically isn't scalable because you're focused on one customer at a time, usually if you're doing the one-to-one -one type of ABM, where we chose to go with the one-to-few type, where we focus on five or six customers in an industry. We can specialize with industry content. We can specialize with them on them within their own industry. So we can focus really narrowly on the industry and the customer at the same time. But when we build at the industry level, that content can also be used with other customers or customized for other customers to give it another twist on the ABM flavor, so to speak. And I've seen, Danny, organizations and some of our clients go from testing and piloting ABM in the field before it becomes a global program and vice versa. I've seen global programs disseminate into the field. What do you think the, the pros and cons are of setting up a global program? I think the, the pros are that you can serve more customers, you can serve more sellers. Um, one of the, the key things with account-based marketing is getting aligned with the sales team and making sure that the sales team understands what account-based marketing is, what we're doing with account-based marketing, why we're doing account-based marketing, and how it will help them with their specific customer. At the same time, we can take that again and, and use it more unilaterally across the company in the same industry and customize those same assets for other customers. That's great from a global perspective, and it enables the scale that we were looking for. Whereas if you start at a regional level, one, you're going to have multiple people in multiple regions all doing basically the same thing. There's a lot of repeat. There's a lot of additional expenditure. There, you're, not, you're not really getting any scale out of that yeah. because everyone's producing their own thing. Mm -hmm. I guess you also create inconsistencies across the regions as well with different, right. different regions doing it their way. And the other part is because a lot of the organizations that we work with are global, they have offices in so many different cities and countries that if you're focused on company A in Tokyo or in Japan, and you're also focused on company A in North America, if they're getting different pieces and different messages from a regional standpoint, it's not going to sit well with them. They're mm -hmm. going to see different, they're, they're going to get confused by different messages. Yeah. So if you're coming at it from a global perspective where it doesn't matter if they are in Japan, North America, or Germany, they're all going to get the same message, they're all going to see the same pieces, and they're all going to get the same feel. Yeah, brilliant. So by setting up a, a global ABM program, your clients are getting that global experience, that consistency in their interactions with SAP. Right. And the other part of that is at a, if you set it up at a global level, you also are then able to enable your field. Mm -hmm. So by doing the program at a global level, I can then serve my field marketers content and tools that they can use from a global level as opposed to them having to create it themselves. And many times they can use the same pieces that I've developed, get it customized for their customer at a much greatly reduced cost, mm -hmm. right? So we're saving the company money overall, we're enabling our field marketers to do more, we're enabling our sellers to do more. At the same time, we've got a customer focus. So everybody's going to win. Yeah, brilliant. And also that time to impact. They're able to get in market much quicker That's right. because they're pooling on those global central resources yeah. uh, that you and your team are building. Fantastic. So Danny, I know at SAP you have a strategic account model where you've got global account leads, but you also have regional sellers. In your global model, how do you keep sales engaged? 
Well, first of all, we start with our what we call our global account director. That's the one person that is in charge of that account at a global level. So typically anything that goes into that account has to be approved or go through that global account director. He's kind of the, the air traffic control for that account around the world. We work with him or her starting out to understand what's in the account plan, to understand what's happening with the account, where what our reputation is with the account, what our relationships like with the account. Because account-based marketing affects not only revenue, but it also affects re relationships as well as reputation with each account. So we want to affect all of those things because if you have a good relationship and a good reputation, you're automatically going to see better revenue return from, from each account. So we work with the GADs, the global account directors, to make sure that we follow what's in their account plan and what's going on with their accounts. We also then work with the rest of the virtual account team. So they have sellers around the world, and we try to make sure that those sellers are also engaged and also aware of the program that we have developed for that particular industry, for that particular account. Okay, so one of the things it sounds like you're doing is working with those global account directors to really figure out what the account strategy is, what the intention is for the account, and then you're working with those local sellers to actually build some of the plans, some of the execution at a country level. Right, because if the, if the sellers that are on the street working with the account directly have the information in hand and understand how to use it, we'll get more usage out of, out of our program and therefore they'll get more success out of the program. So Danny, can you give me an example of how you've worked with some of the regions and how effective that's been? Working with regions has actually been a really great experience because we have teams within the regions, most regions, that uh, focus on industry. And in many cases, they also will support some of the accounts that we work with. So when I go into region, I try to sit with the marketing teams to give them almost a workshop on account-based marketing, what it is, why we're doing it, how they can use it to benefit their work in region. Um, when sales comes to them asking for additional support, now that we have uh, the program developed and, and established, there's actually materials that those local and regional marketers can fall back on and rely on to use with the customers in their actual region. Got it. And setting up a global program is no small feat, and we, we all know ABM is, is a long game. Can you talk me through some of the key milestones that you've been on over the last four years? Well, I think the first key milestone was after I got my ABM certification was actually choosing my agency, right? And I went and I, I went on kind of a, a little bit of a tour and interviewed a number of agencies and finally found the agency that understood account-based marketing like I was thinking of account-based marketing. They understood the process. They understood the, the meaning behind account-based marketing and what it was for. So that was the first milestone, right? Choosing Momentum ABM. <laughs> that was like the that first best there. decision you made, yeah. <laughs> so Danny, you went through certification, you appointed a partner of choice, and what next? I think next was, was making this scalable building in what we call the ABM Asset Delivery Platform. Think Amazon for ABM assets. So you can go into this platform no matter where you are in the world, as long as you're an SAP employee. You can get into this platform, you can search by topic, you can search by industry, 
when you've put in those parameters, it will actually serve up the assets that are available for that specific topic or that specific industry. You can then order those assets at a very reduced cost because we've already made the initial investment, but you can order those assets to have them customized for your specific customer in your country. You can get them in language, you can get them developed at a number of different levels of, of customization. So it's really a way to make account-based marketing scalable across our entire organization. Following that, what we've done is we've worked with different groups now within the organization. So SAP Concur, SAP Success Factors, those organizations have now built account-based marketing material to also be housed on the platform that can be served up to accounts in the regions for their customers as well. We're now reaching across the silos to other groups. So we have our industry business units are now really involved in the development of our account-based marketing assets. They've got the industry expertise, they've got the industry knowledge, they've got the account knowledge. So what we're now able to do is build customized content that drives relevant engagement at the customer level. So Danny, it sounds like that, that last milestone has been pivotal in setting up your global program. You, you're scaling your program to many more accounts. You're taking some of the patterns from your strategic and top accounts to be reused across one SAP. Yes. And the other thing about that is not only are we now serving our most strategic accounts, we're able to serve accounts across the whole ecosystem. So from our largest all the way to our smallest account, they can get the same type of material specifically developed for them, no matter what size they are, because it's become so inexpensive through this scalable process. You mentioned, Danny, to me earlier that you've also set up a center of excellence to support the global program. What were your goals in setting up a center of excellence? I think the, the main goal in setting up the Center of Excellence was, one, to better support the field, this field marketing teams and sales, but two, to better support our, what I call sister companies. In the past few years, we've been buying a number of companies at SAP, and each one of them has a different solution that they sell. They also want to have account-based marketing. So for us to be one SAP and to drive our brand we need to have some consistency across all of those companies. And the Center of Excellence helps not only with content development that can go on the platform I mentioned earlier, but also with the brand and with the coordination of how we approach each of these different customers. Because it could be that one, one of our subunits is, uh, has the same customer on their list that we're focused on, that one of our other subunits has. So if three of us are all serving that customer with different ABM pieces, then it's going to cause confusion with our customer. So what we want to do is create some coordination on the accounts at the account level between all of the SAP brands so that we're serving one SAP to each customer in the same language. And that's also about being more relevant to the customer rather than bombarding them with all sorts of noise and static. It's here's the value we can collectively bring to your business. Absolutely. And the other part of it is when, when you look at the sales account plan, talking with the GAD, who is the, the leader of the account globally and has, does the air traffic control, so to speak, they have a plan of how they want to approach each customer. And in many cases, the customer has actually agreed to that plan. So if we start serving the customer information on a subject that's not in line with the plan that we've agreed with them, 
it's going to create frustration and confusion. And part of the thing about ABM is that it helps you not only with revenue, but it also helps you with your relationship with your customer. And if we're serving them the material they expect to be seeing, when they expect to be seeing it because they've agreed to the account plan, they're going to be happy and they're going to know that we've listened to them and that we are paying attention to the agreement we Danny, you've been on quite a journey over the past four years. If you could rewind back time, what would you do differently? Oh, gosh. I think there's a number of things I would do differently. But the most important one would be I would involve the industry business unit from the very beginning. Initially, we, we went with industry marketing only. We didn't involve the industry business unit. That was a mistake that we've corrected now. Uh, things move a lot more quickly with the industry business unit involved. Um, the other thing I would say is I would get more deeper into each sales account team. So instead of speaking to just the GAD, the Global Account Director, Mr. Air Traffic Control, I would speak more with the different AEs within the team because they're actually the feet on the street that are going into the account and use the assets even more so than maybe the GAD would. We've seen that so many times with large global account teams. I think one of our clients, they have over 100 people uh, touching and selling into one individual account. If you can get them all united behind one single narrative and clearly where the direction of travel is or where the account is heading, that's a really powerful place to be. Absolutely. I often think of account-based marketing as a bit of a religion. Once you start practicing it, you are converted. Where next for account-based marketing at SAP? I think eventually account-based marketing at SAP is going to be the way we do marketing. I think if we continue to make it scalable and we continue to see it scale across our largest accounts to our smallest accounts, it's just going to be the way marketing is done because it's just the smart way to do marketing. Yeah, it's absolutely real targeted and there's purpose behind who you're reaching and why. Brilliant. And looking at back to SAP strategy, you're very focused on how you outrun the competition. What are some of the successes that you've seen over the past year? I would say that we've, we've been involved with one of the second largest deal in SAP history. We, wow. Our assets were used with, within that sales pitch during, it was a six-month time frame. So the, the, the asset was used at a large executive meeting to basically grow the deal size. They wanted to go from X million euro exponentially larger. So they went four times larger than that. And it ended up being the second largest deal in SAP history, which was a great thing to see and a great thing to be a part of. That took a a village, right? It wasn't just the asset, but it was the the salespeople that used the asset and actually the GAD who made an effort to use the asset and paid for additional versions of the asset to be used at that meeting. So again, it was working with sales. It was sales being willing to actually step up to the plate and pay for additional material and then use the asset in the way that they used it to help the meeting move toward the goal they were set. That really makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, Danny. That's just such a great place to be. Well done. Well, thank you. And it was great. I mean, it was it was truly working with the sales team and working with the regional marketers that made that all come together. You're um, making history. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, you know, we want to keep doing that. But And not only with our largest accounts, but with our smallest accounts. Because when we see success with our small accounts based on very small additional investment, that's good as well. So the platform that I told you about earlier, that has extended the reach of our assets over 100% to an additional 30 or 40 accounts. That's increased our revenue target by an additional 45 million in euro. So just 
by enabling the scalability of the program, we've now been able to influence an additional $45 million in revenue. That's a huge achievement for the business, Danny. What about for you personally? What are you most proud of? I think it's the recognition. The program has received a lot of recognition. It's won a lot of awards externally, in both internationally and, and within the U.S. It, I was personally recognized by our CMO as the marketer of the year last year. That's out of 2,000 marketers at SAP. Wow. So it's been a great experience, and, and you know I feel very honored by the recognition, but I also feel like the program deserves the recognition because it's a good program. Danny, one of the things I love about your approach to account-based marketing is you're not sitting still. You're constantly evolving and pushing the program forward. Where will you be in the next 12 months? We will have a lot more measurable results because I'm working with different teams within within the company to start measuring what we're doing. We're looking at external ways to measure the things that we're doing. It hasn't always been easy to measure because when you're Reliant, when you're working with sales in a one-to-one situation with the, where they're working with one customer, there's not a lot of systems involved in that mm-hmm. to be able to track things. But we're starting to figure out ways to track the, not only the asset usage, but also how it's being used through data lakes and, and, and different, different methods that will be able to start showing a lot more results and a lot more um, usage of the assets and how they're being used and who they're being used with. Yeah, I think you make a really good point there. When you look at a large, complex deal and actually measuring the success of that large deal, it's hard to do with traditional engagement statistics from a marketing point of view. Absolutely. And that's another reason that I am so fierce when I talk about the difference between account-based marketing and target account marketing. Because there's a lot of people out there doing some really good marketing targeted to specific accounts, but it's not account-based marketing. They may have a hundred or a thousand accounts in their program and they're serving them industry content. That's great. That's good marketing because they're looking at intent data and things like that, but it's not account-based marketing. They don't really know anything about the account. So therefore, the way they measure that targeted account marketing versus the way we can actually measure account-based marketing is very different. So they can measure in number of leads and, and, and a lot more statistics around that because it's more systematized, where account-based marketing is, as I mentioned earlier, is more one-to-one. There is no system in many cases, so you have to rely on the salespeople and you have to understand the usage of your, of your assets, which is why it's good that we produce a lot of digital assets because we can track those assets and we're going to start being able to measure them more uh, intensely with different tools that we are putting in place to understand the usage of the assets. So Danny, if I'm embarking on a new global ABM program, how would I go about getting buy-in? Well, first you have to understand what kind of program you're going to start. Are you going to do one-to-one? Are you going to do one-to-few? And you have to understand how it's going to work because how it's going to work is going to tell you who's going to need to buy into that program. So you've got to get not only your executives buy-in, you've got to get them to understand that there's going to be a long lag time of getting the program up and running before they actually see results. But you also have to get sales buy-in you have to get the industry marketing and industry business unit teams buy-in. There's a number of different teams that play in account-based marketing, 
and to get them all at the table and to get them all agreeing together from the very beginning is the best thing that you can do because if everybody's on the same page from the start you're going to have a much more successful account-based marketing program. And what about if I have an established regional ABM program? How would I go about getting global alignment? First of all, you want to understand how the regional teams are doing their account-based marketing. Look for the synergies between the programs and look at for the differences and figure out where the best practices lie. Because what you want to do to get them all together and pull it to a global program, you want to understand where the best practices are and get those best practices shared across the regions first so that everyone starts doing things more in the same way. And then they're also sharing best practices because if you can just start getting them to break the silos down between the regions and understanding what each other is doing, they can help each other actually in the long run and that can then turn into a global program. Danny, that's really insightful. And I know something that many of our clients are contending with building out these global teams as ABM scales. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've really enjoyed the discussion. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Today, we're giving away a copy of Daniel Pink's book, To Sell is Human. To enter, join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag ABM podcast. See you next time. For those of our listeners in and around London, we are hosting our next client event on Thursday the 21st of November, where we'll be joined by revenue leaders from Google and Microsoft to discuss the enterprise buying cycle. I hope to see you there. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ABM, the account-based marketing consultancy, transforming how sales and marketing teams grow their biggest customers. You can learn more at MomentumABM.com.